you to turn in your Bibles to Romans 16, verse 25. That's on page 951 of your pew Bibles. And just to prepare you ahead of time at when we uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper together, we're going to be singing again. The words are there in your bulletin. Uh, the Gloria Patri, glory be to the Father. Uh, But hear God's word, Romans 16, uh, beginning with verse 25. Uh, This is the word of God. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. The grass withers. And the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, as we uh, come to these concluding verses of, of Romans, Lord, how fitting that it closes with a, a doxology, verses that call us to praise God uh, for his uh, redeeming love for us in Christ. Lord, we pray as well this morning and each Lord's Day that your Holy Spirit would be at work in our hearts and minds, convicting us of sin, calling us to a closer walk of faith with Christ. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be enabling us not only to hear and understand your word, but to obey your word. All to your glory and praise, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Dr. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones began preaching on the New Testament book of Romans on October 1955 at Westminster Chapel in London, England. On Friday evenings, Uh, He preached a total of 366 sermons over 12 years, uh, concluding in March 1968 with Romans 14, 17. He stopped this sermon series only because he had surgery and it forced him to retire from uh, the preaching ministry, but he used that time to uh, put his sermon notes together, and they produced a a 14-volume series of his on Romans, 7,000 pages. Yes, it's still available, a banner of truth. Here in the United States, in more recent history, uh, Dr. James Montgomery Boyce only preached 239 separate sermons on Romans 8 over eight years as he faithfully pastored the congregation there at 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, This morning, 
here at Hope Presbyterian Church. Uh, Thus far, I've preached 77 sermons on Romans, starting January 18th, 2020. And no, I'm not going to shoot for um, whatever, 366 sermons. This is the final sermon, uh, number 78, the concluding sermon. Uh, So we can say, praise the Lord. Amen. Breathe a sigh of relief. You know, what would the Lord have for us to remember uh, about the biblical book of Romans? This book that is saturated with gospel doctrine, concludes with glorious doxology. Uh, Dr. John Murray better known as a a seminary professor at Westminster Theological Seminary in his classic commentary on Romans, put it this way. The epistle to Romans is God's word. Its theme is the gospel of his grace. And the gospel bespeaks the marvels of his condescension and love. And then this sentence If we are not overwhelmed by the glory of that gospel and ushered into the holy of holies of God's presence, we have missed the grand purpose of this sacred deposit. You know, the sermon title today, taken from Romans, we don't find it in any one verse, but it is this. Gospel doctrine leads to glorious doxology. You know, here we see that as believers grasp gospel doctrine, they they give all the glory to Christ. Well, how do the gospel doctrines of Romans lead to glorious doxology? We'll be focusing on these three verses, although we'll be referencing other verses in Romans and elsewhere in the Bible, but uh, You know, the four gospel doctrines here are this. The the power, we'll see it's the power of God. Prophecies, prophecies of scripture, the proclamation of the gospel. And finally, we conclude on a note of praise. Let's dig in. The gospel power for preaching Christ. There in verse 25, there's a challenge with preaching this portion of scripture because In the original, in the Greek, this is all one long sentence. And it's a very um, difficult sentence to understand even in the Greek. So some of our breaks may seem arbitrary, but trying to keep true to God's word. You know, this epistle to Romans ends on a glad note of praise to God for his gracious gift of Salvation in Christ is promised in uh, the Holy Scriptures, and, and here it calls us to doxology. We don't read that word, but God's word here calls us to praise God. That's one of the, the key gospel themes here. Now to him, and that's speaking to God, now to him who is able to strengthen you, or you all. This is... Uh, God's call to the church at Rome, uh, to the Christians as they gather together. 
uh, to, to worship him. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, the one who is able to give you power to establish you, to strengthen you in your walk of faith, and not only your individual walk of faith, but your your corporate walk of faith as a church family. You know, God himself possesses the power to establish and make his church firm, secure, strong in Christ. You know, as we go through these closing verses, you'll see that they repeat many of the Uh, great gospel truths that we learned early on in Romans, in Romans 1, verses 1 through 17. We first heard of the power of God back there in verse 16, Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That word strengthen is also used there in the first chapter, Romans 1, verse 11. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. You know, the power of God that strengthens his church. You know, that, that word strengthen is a, a word borrowed from the building industry of Paul's day you know to to strengthen the church that that word strengthen means that that you are building a structure that will stand the test of time of trials and tribulations you know it's that image that jesus uses in his parable you know the the wise man built his house upon the rock you know if, if we want to be strong in christ in our walk of faith god himself gives us the power and and calls us to build our lives upon Christ and the truth of his word. You know, our great God graciously gives us the gift of a firm faith in Christ, a a gospel faith that endures fierce storms. You know, a gospel faith that is refined even in the furnace. You know, a doxology, but... We see that word gospel. When we think of Romans, think of the gospel. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel. Why would the Apostle Paul say, you know, my gospel? Well, this is my gospel. That's not your gospel. That's the way we speak today. That's true for you, but it's not true for me. You know, why my gospel? You know, it's a gospel that possesses his heart and his mind. It's a gospel that he courageously proclaims about Christ. You know, it's a gospel. You know, here at the conclusion of Romans, we we all should have a biblical understanding, you know, of that word, that truth, gospel. You know, just follow Paul's outline for Romans. We still have outlines available. They're there in the back. You know, how, how does Romans begins? begin? It begins with the righteousness of God. You know, the good news. You know, then 
swiftly it, it moves into the, the hard news, the painful news. We are sinners. We, we are unrighteous. You know, the gospel points to the sinfulness of all men, women, and children. You know, that, that verse that we read for our confession of faith, for all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. You know, but then the gospel prizes the completed work of Christ. If you want uh, uh, one gospel verse, there are many, but Romans 6, verse 23. Romans 6, verse 23. We don't see that word gospel, but it saturates the verse. For the wages of sin is death. You know, but the free gift or the gracious gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the gospel. You know, we've all sinned. We will all die. Not just physically, it speaks of a spiritual death as well. You know, and where's our gospel hope? The, the free gift, the gracious gift of God is eternal life. Through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. John Murray puts it this way about that phrase, my gospel. He writes, the gospel that was entrusted to him and that he preached. So we should all be able to say as followers of Christ, those who are trusting in Christ for our salvation, should be able to say, this is my gospel as well. This is what I believe about sin. This is what I believe about salvation in Christ. According to my gospel, and still there in in first part of 25, and the preaching of Jesus Christ. This is not the preaching that Jesus Christ carried out, but uh, Jesus Christ is the content uh, of the preaching of the Apostle Paul. It ought to be the content of, of every true scriptural message. The gospel gives us power to preach Christ. I would submit to you that every sermon, every Sunday school lesson, every Bible study, every family worship time should ultimately come to focus on Christ. Jesus Christ, the preaching of Jesus Christ, that that title is important. You know, he is Jesus, the one who will save us from our sins. He is the Christ, the Messiah, the promised one. The preaching of Jesus Christ, the gracious Savior of sinners, the glorious Son of God. We see it again in Romans 15, verses 18 and 19, Romans 15, 18, For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem And all the way round to Elycrium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. You know, in Christian churches today, um, many pastors and pew sitters, you know, have grown confused or uncertain about what the gospel is. 
a lot of discussion taking place today and don't necessarily see it as healthy discussion. You know, here's the gospel for us in God's word. You know, here, here in Romans, you know, to know the gospel, we must read, meditate, study all of God's word. You know, and I, I would encourage you, encourage myself to reread the book of Romans. You know, 16 chapters, you, you read four chapters at a time, that takes about 20 to 30 minutes. You, you can read through Romans in about two hours. I think it's good to break it down, though. You know, read four chapters the most, take a breather, pour another cup of coffee, and then then go on. You don't have to do it all in one day, but continue studying, you know, God's glorious gospel truth in, in Romans. You know, why is that gospel important? You know, without the gospel, we quickly become fearful, anxious about our present circumstances, fearful about political events. Uh, We grow worried about future dangers. You know, what's going to happen next? But focus on the gospel. Listen to this quote. Reverend Todd Pruitt, a Presbyterian minister, one of the contributors to a podcast entitled Mortify Spin, he writes, if you have the Bible and you know how to explain the gospel, you can have confidence in speaking to a non-believer. You know, here the Apostle Paul confidently speaks of gospel power for preaching Christ to all people. And one of the people that ought to that we ought to preach the gospel to is preach the gospel to ourselves every day. Lord, I'm I'm a sinner. Lord, I, I, I need a savior. I need Jesus. A gospel power for preaching Christ. But next, the latter part of verse 25, Romans 16, gospel prophecies revealing Christ. There there is a revelation of of the mystery um, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages but has now been disclosed through the prophetic writings. You know, according to the revelation of, of the mystery. What's the mystery? You know, that which God has sovereignly concealed to this point is now he now makes known to his church and to his children. The Lord wisely, graciously kept this mystery, as we see in Scripture, a secret for long ages, all the way from eternity past. You know, but but here Romans eleven verse twenty five, as we think about mystery, Romans eleven verse twenty five. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I want you to understand this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. You know, that's one of God's mysteries. You know, why is God waiting to save, you know, his chosen children, Israel? 
You know, and here scripture tells us it, it is a mystery previously concealed, now revealed until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. You know, the sovereign plan of God, that mystery, is to save both Jews and Gentiles by faith in Christ. You know, saved because God imputes, God credits the righteousness of Christ to them. We're not saved by our birth, by our bloodlines. We're not saved by our baptism. By our church membership, we're not saved by our works. We're saved by grace through faith in Christ. That that mystery that has been previously concealed, kept secret for a long time, but has now been disclosed, a a definite and divine event. And and here we read it in, in Romans you know, why did God disclose this mystery so that ruined sinners like you and me might be graciously drawn to saving faith in Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit? You know, Christ. Another epistle of Paul puts it this way, 2 Timothy 1 verse 10, Christ who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. You know, these gospel prophecies revealing Christ, and now we come to the, the third part of it, now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings. One translation says the, the scriptural prophecies, the, the Old Testament prophecies about Christ. You know, we, we saw that same phrase again in Romans chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Romans 1, verse 2. Which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh. You know, all the Old Testament points us to Christ. You know, Christ who crushed the serpent's head. That prophecy there in Genesis 3.15. You know, Christ was that sacrificial lamb that the Lord graciously provided to be sacrificed for our sins. There when Abraham was ready to sacrifice Isaac, the Lord provided that ram. Christ is the one that God provided for our salvation, that perfect sacrifice. You know, Christ is that suffering servant of Isaiah, you know, 53. Read a few verses, Isaiah 53, beginning with verse 3. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. 
All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, that all the Old Testament prophecies point us to Christ. It's there even in the concluding verse, or book of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. Actually, it's the last chapter of the Old Testament. Malachi 4, verse 2. But for you who fear my name, the sun, that's S-U-N, of righteousness, will rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. You know, all, all of the prophecies there, of the Old Testament point us to to Christ who bore our sins on the cross of Calvary. You know, at the start of every new year, and be prepared, I'll do it again, 2023, uh, I seek to encourage us all, you know, myself included, to take time every day to read our Bibles and to pray. Yes, I think it's good to to read through the Bible in a year, but but the, the more basic thing is just to say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to spend time every day reading a portion of your word, maybe just a chapter, maybe just a psalm, you know, and, and pray. You know, and where it's hardest is when you go through the Old Testament books, you know, you get... You get uh, weighed down with all those names and places. But all of God's word points us to Christ. These gospel prophecies revealing Christ. Think even of the Exodus. When God graciously gave the gift of a divine warrior who would lead his people out of bondage, provide six days a week manna in the wilderness, water from the rock, before triumphantly bringing them into the promised land. That that all points to Christ. Christ who saved us from the bondage of sin. You know, Christ who, who leads us through the wilderness of this life. Christ who provides for all of our physical, spiritual needs Along that wilderness journey, it's Christ who will bring us into the promised land one day, home to glory with Christ. You know, there, there is gospel hope in Christ, gospel prophecies revealing Christ. Back to Romans 16, the gospel proclamation of Christ to all nations you know, the last part of verse 26, but has now been disclosed through the prof- prophetic writings, has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. According to the commandment of the eternal God. God God's a sovereign God. He, he's in control. You know, he, he commands all of his creation. He graciously commands us as his children. Now we learn of God's royal commands to his servants and his soldiers and, you know, essential 
uh, to this truth is, is understanding that God is an eternal God. You know, look, look at all the truths we learn about God. You know, here in these few short verses, he's a powerful God. He is an eternal God. We'll learn in the last verse, he's a wise God. He's an eternal God. He always was, always will be. You know, Deuteronomy 33, verse 27. You know, thinking about our eternal God. The eternal God is your dwelling place. And underneath are the everlasting arms. And he thrust out the enemy before you and said, destroy. So Israel lived in safety. And it goes on from there. You know, the eternal God is your dwelling place. You know, this world is not our home. You know, we will be, by God's grace, living forever with the Lord. You know, but what's our responsibility now? To make it known to all the nations. You know, to make it known. You know, God's gracious work of justification, sanctification, you know, are to be made known to all nations, to Gentiles, to Jews, to poor and rich, to young and old, to all ethnicities, to all classes of society. You know, that was a theme even there at the beginning of Romans. Romans chapter 1, verse 4. And was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 5, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. Now, so even as we're praising God, you know, it, it reminds us of our purpose in life, you know, to make the gospel known, you know, to all people groups, you know, to sinners who, who need to hear of the gospel hope in Christ. Leading, back to Romans 16, to bring about the obedience of faith. All those who are trusting in Christ for their salvation will bear gospel fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. You know, the fruit of an obedient faith. You know, and and throughout Romans, the Apostle Paul has made it very clear, you know, that, that we're not saved by our works, But if we are saved, indeed we are saved, you know, our faith should show itself in in gospel fruit, one of those being obedience. You know, of course we know that we're not saved by our obedience, but there's no such thing as a deliberately disobedient believer. You know, Chrysostom put it this way. Faith requires obedience and not curiosity. And when God commands, one ought to be obedient and not curious. You know, think of one of the first simple gospel songs, and call it a hymn that we learned as children, is trust and obey. No, we're not going to sing it together. We'll sing it at maybe at lunch. But just to remind you of those words, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, 
what a glory he sheds on our way. When we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And you might say, well, that's simplistic, and yes, it is, but it's scriptural. Part of the gospel here. You know, may each one of us proclaim that gospel. And you may say, well, I'm not a missionary. I may not go to Africa or South Korea or to Ukraine or South America, wherever it might be. You know, but God calls us to proclaim the gospel, you know, at home. Everyone in our family. In, in the hospitals. Preaching to myself at the radiation center. You know, at work, school, athletic fields, you know, all to the glory of God. Look finally here at uh, Romans 16, 27. You know, we've seen uh, gospel power for preaching Christ, gospel prophecies revealing Christ, gospel proclamation of Christ to all the nations, and, and finally here, gospel praise for God's glorious wisdom. You know, keep in mind that a genuine and growing understanding of the gospel doctrines in in Romans leads to glorious doxology. Verse 27 can also be translated this way here, uh, the New American Standard, to the only wise God through Jesus Christ be the glory forever. Amen. You know, God only wise. A few Sundays ago, we sang that hymn, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise. You know, what does it mean when we praise God for his wisdom? You know, he's the sole fount of wisdom. You know, we we see that wisdom in Romans 11, verse 33 and following. Romans 11, 33 I'll just read verse 33. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. You know, only our triune God is truly wise. You know, his wisdom in creation, the wisdom in his word, the wisdom of Christ. 1 Corinthians 1, 23 and 24 put it this way. 1 Corinthians 1, 23. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. To the only wise God, we're we're praising God that he is God only wise. We praise him. And back to Romans 16, 27, through Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus Christ is our mediator. He's our intercessor. We can come before a holy and wise God through faith in what Christ has done for us at the cross of Calvary. We give our glorious praise to our great God by faith in Christ's redeeming work at the cross. Hear this, these words from Marcy Sproul. 
his commentary, despite all heresies, persecution, and distortions, the gospel that was revealed here, that is in Romans, continues to be manifested by the wisdom, power, and establishment of God who alone receives the glory. And here Romans concludes, you know, be glory forever. Solo Dio Gloria. To God alone be the glory. You know, this morning we'll sing the Gloria Patri during the celebration of the Lord's Supper. You know, and, and, you know, hear again those words. Well, this is a preview. You know, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen and amen. Or a good summary quote here. All the glory that will redound to God down through the ages of eternity from the salvation of sinners will proceed through Jesus Christ. You know, in our less reverent moments, you know, Christian can raise concerns questions about how will we be spending our time in eternity with Christ. We often ask this, you know, in our youth, childhood, even sometimes as adults, will we ever get bored? No. Will we miss our earthly pleasures? Fun, SEC football, Cajun cuisine, We will not miss those things. We will gladly and genuinely enjoy giving our eternal, powerful, and wise God all the glory for his gracious love for us in Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you for all of the Bible, all 66 books of the Bible that teach us about our great and glorious God. Thank you for this epistle to the Romans, Lord. Teaches us about the gospel and your gracious love for us as your chosen children. Your love for us in Christ. Christ who died for our sins on the cross. Christ who was buried. Christ who rose again from the grave. Thank you for that gospel promise that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. And Lord, we pray that we would always be learning more and more about gospel doctrine, but may that learning, Lord, always lead uh, to glorious praise of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.